0: Hey, team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt Drinkon here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to get back and support the Eternal Optimist community, Go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist, It's Never Too Late, and you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. And with that, I welcome to the show, Julie Riesler. Julie, tell me what is exciting in your world today that you can share to kick us off.
1: Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so psyched to be here with you. This is so fun. I love your energy. I'm all about eternal optimism. One of the fun, I mean, I would say just being here right now is super fun and I've been looking forward to it. And yeah, we'll get into it. There's a lot going on. I'm feeling especially grateful. I've gotten back into uh, a certain movement practice for me, yoga and certain other Fitness things that I couldn't do for a long time, and I'm back to doing that. So it's a good day being able to move the way I want to move. Well, I
0: normally ask the first question, like, what's something incredibly difficult or challenging that you've experienced or endured in your life? I want to pause on that question for a moment, ask you something else. You just said that today you're especially grateful, and I'm wondering this concept of gratitude. When did this start to come to the forefront of your mind, and you're using this term? And just talk about gratitude for a second, what that means to you.
1: Yeah. All right, Matt. I know we have, I'm going to be mindful of time because this goes way back. <laughs> I'll just, I, had this, <laughs> oh, yes. I had this like image of my mom and writing a gratitude journal. I'm grateful and lucky for a lot of reasons, but I would say growing up with a parent, my mother, who is extremely optimistic by nature, but also Started doing a lot of inner work for those who know Louise Hay, like Hay House, you know, a lot of that personal growth and development that we see now with Tony Robbins, with others. Louise Hay kind of started that. And my mom was a huge fan, listened to tapes when I was little and would talk about gratitude. And I had a big old poster in my nine year old room that said, it was like, I am grateful for, and you could like write things on it. And then there was another poster that was basically like, I am special in my own special way. I mean, I just was raised, you know, with this optimism, but hey, I took a big U-turn from that for a while. I think there was a point of just wanting to, you know, people pleasing and not really focusing on what's working. So I was lucky to be raised with a lot of focus on gratitude. And I found that it is one of the most healing, powerful, potent attitudes, but it's an energy. It's a shift in perspective. That alone, I can tell you, and we know this even scientifically, it changes our energy. It changes our focus. It changes our openness to creativity, to connecting. So yeah, I have found gratitude to be life-changing. Well, thank you for that.
0: I found that the energy is something that when I'm down and as an eternal optimist, dare I say it, I get down sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. We all have challenging times and that energy does intentionally and now subconsciously shift when gratitude is now like the core value, the core questions that come up in my mind, whatever stuff happens. It's towards that for similar reasons. You know, having parents that, you know, believed in me and, you know, listening to the tapes uh, back in the day, you said <laughs> tapes. Some people don't know what that is. That used to go into our car <laughs> in the slot in the car. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I appreciate that shift in energy. I'd love to bring us back to something challenging that you have overcome or endure in your life. So our audience can get the perspective that it's not all sunshine and rainbows for someone who is a two-time TEDx speaker, Georgetown University professor, runs a mega successful coaching organization, coaching certification program. We'll get into some of that. But Julie is very accomplished professionally, personally, and she makes it look easy and very graceful. And it's not that easy and graceful, my friends. And she's going to share with us something that's been a challenge for her. So Julie, I'll give you the floor to go wherever you'd like to.
1: Which one? (laughs) Which challenge? I mean... So I I actually, am going to start farther back, just keep getting this like nudge to childhood, but I think it's important and it will lead to, you know, there's a couple challenges that came out of it. I think what's important to share, because it's very easy to see a picture, a photo, a little, you know, a blurb of someone speaking and just to have this notion that, oh, that person has it all together. It's perfect. It's, and I just want to say we're all human, you know, we're all walking around doing the best we can. Hopefully everyone here listening, like trying to grow and be our best. For me, I grew up with a lot of love and there was a lot of challenge. I grew up in a very affluent area outside of Boston. My father, who was a Vietnam veteran, had undiagnosed PTSD, undiagnosed bipolar, undiagnosed ADHD. It was know, if we swear here, so I'll just say it it was a mess at times for him. He's awesome, very loving. I grew up with a lot of love. But in terms of financial stability in a very affluent area, that was pretty challenging. I grew up in a very rigorous, like intellectually stimulating slash competitive area right outside near, you know, those who know Harvard, I was like in the town next to that. And just growing up, I was lucky and my mom's side bailed us out a lot, but my dad just really struggled. And I think with that financial instability and struggle just brought a lot of shame and a lot of insecurities and fear I didn't talk about it for a long time. I think people would think, oh, you're from Newton, Mass. Like, you must have grown up in one of the many mansions. I was like, actually, no. I am one of the only people, (laughs) one of the few that didn't. So having that dichotomy, my mom's side was very well off. My dad's not at all. My dad struggled. My mom was so loving. Um, But anyhow, that instability, that really shifted choices that I made. It took a while. So for me to leave a day job, right, when I left 10 years ago to start my business, It took a lot for me to leave something that was stable, where I was being paid decent. I had benefits. I had bonuses. I worked for Panera Bread and, you know, head of their HR recruiting in their largest franchises. And it was a good job. It was a good job. It did not move my soul. And I remember deciding, you know, I did a lot of inner work. And I'm like, am I going to stay where it's fine? Or am I going to follow what's really lighting me on fire, which is this transformation work, coaching? So that was a big deal. I would say that was one of the challenges that I've really had to, and there's more to that, but certainly developing a new relationship financially with success, with finding my own stability that's, yes, money, but not just that. And I've done a lot of inner work there, a lot of transformation.
0: When you talk about the place where it wasn't really fulfilling your soul and you wanted to find something that would light you on fire, and there was a moment when you made that commitment to shift... And I wonder if you could take us back to that moment, Julie, and what finally pushed you over the edge where you knew that I've got to take action and make this leap?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question, Matt. And it actually will bring in some of the gratitude we talked about. So I was going through a pretty challenging, another challenge around this time. I had two kids under the age of two, which, by the way, if anyone does that, Blessings to you. (laughs) Like that is yes. (laughs) Sixteen months apart. I don't. I don't know what I was thinking. They're awesome. I'm so grateful. I love my two children so much, and was in a really in a married to a good person. Yet I think a lot of that people pleasing and not really standing in my own, getting to know myself. It came to the surface, and it was just clear to me, like super clear, that this is a great father, a great person. It's not the right fit for me. And I just knew that. And to make that choice consciously with love, with gratitude, with kindness, was one of the most challenging things I have ever, ever, ever encountered. I respect him dearly 12 years later. We're both remarried, but that was a crazy hard. Job. that was probably one of the hardest times of my life. And and brought up the instability. We had a pretty stable you know financial life and that aspect. So here I am now doing all of this questioning and I ended up going to a personal growth program. very intensive. I want to help people transform their beliefs, their stories. I just, I had a coach that changed my life. I talked to Phil. I actually have worked with him on his health and coached him later, five years later, but he changed my life. And I went back and got my master's degree while working at Panera. And I said, I have got to do this work. I've got to help others because it's life-changing. So for me, I had this realization when I worked with my coach and saw, oh my gosh, literally through that change in perspective, that change in perception, looking at realizing those stories can be rewritten about myself. And I just fell in love. I fell in love with this work and I knew it, but I didn't leave right away. It took me two years. I went to school. I got clients on the side and I just started trusting that voice that said, Julie, this is this is your realm. This is where you're meant to be. And this is before coaching, people are like, you're doing what? You're coaching yeah. soccer? Are you coaching like volleyball? What are you coaching? You know, my friends, the colleagues, and I'll tell you the last thing I'll say really quickly is what helped me to end one solid 11 year job to move into my own business was gratitude. I went in every day and I felt ready to leave. And I was like, I'm going to focus on something every single freaking day that I'm grateful Uh for here. And it created the best way to move from one world to the next, because I left with so much appreciation for the experience, the people, the opportunity I had, which I still have into this. I mean, and and Matt, I started my business with two coaching clients and I used to do personal training, a personal training client. That is it. That's how I started. Yes. No trust fund, no funding, which would have been nice. No real client list. And I'll stop there. But that was almost 10 years ago. I followed that voice. I followed my passion. As Joseph Campbell says, I followed the bliss, my bliss, you know? Oh,
0: I love it you've you read Campbell. So I just want to highlight three things that I've taken away from this. I'm listening for the patterns and listening for things that our audience can really lean into and see that these are common characteristics of eternal optimists and those who are able to make influential impact change in the world. You just shared that you got your master's degree while you were working. So yes, it is possible to have a side learning while you are working full time. So that's number one. You had a couple of coaching clients on the side while you were doing that. So yes, you can side hustle while you're working. Number two, you focused on something grateful every single day, even when you were in this challenging place of being a pleaser, attempting to evolve your narrative to one that suited your soul and your heart. So all those things, amazing, amazing. For a second here, just play with this one, because I got the same thing 10 years ago when I left to be a coach, left this nice, cushy job uh, that I love, that I was good at, and we had a great producing sales team. And all of a sudden, yeah, it's just it's not filling the cup. You know, if someone is there at the precipice, Julie, and their cup is not getting full, and they look fast forward and see, if I do this for the next five years or 50 years, it's going to lead me to an early grave. How would you uh, peacefully, lovingly, Give this person some advice that might help them take that next journey? Like, how would you model that for them or speak with them?
1: And I talk about this all the time with people I've trained as coaches. And for myself, you know, and I shared about the instability around finances. And it's funny, one of the things that I love my dad so much, and he, you know, never really followed, he was a coach at heart. He always coached me in soccer, he coached a lot of sports. And I always said, Dad, and he was a history buff. I'm like, I think he should have been a history teacher and like a football and a basketball coach. Like you are a teacher. You are a coach. That's you. You know, and I think for him, he really felt like he had to go into the financial world and other areas that weren't right for him. So for me, I was like, I don't want to get to the end and not have expressed the gifts that I have, the interest, the passion. So here's the thing is first identifying, really getting clear. What do you love? Like what lights you up? What makes you feel alive? Where does your energy, just talking to you, I'm like, I feel like we could light up a city between the two of us. It's just so much energy. This is joyful to talk about this. So it sounds maybe a little trait. It's not like, where do you get energy? It could be a hobby. It could be, coaching. It could be something real estate. It could be something you've said, you know, I really love doing that. And I will say the second thing is you want to just be careful, especially for us overachiever type A plus type. And I'm going to add the plus because for me, I was all about, no, I don't just want an A, I want A plus. So tell me what I need to do to get the plus. And like, Let me tell you something, (laughs) that works until it doesn't work. So your nervous system responds to that. You want to make sure when you're shifting gears, you know, if you're shifting gears, I would say ease into the pool. I would highly recommend having a bit of a runway, a plan, something. I'm not talking about like you need to have it all mapped out. I just mean... Start getting a couple clients. Start to play. You know, I use every lunch. I, we got an hour for lunch, thirty minutes to an hour. I designed my own website during those two years. I always felt like Shawshank Redemption. I was like, I am going into the wall. I'm creating this exit out. But it was, you know, it shut my door. I took my lunch. It was in integrity, and I was like, okay. And it was a horrible website, Matt. Horrible. It was. Like Cabin Sketch meets Comic Sans for those new fonts with like seven colors. It looked like a kid's camp, but it didn't matter because I was so on fire about this. None of my clients, by the way, I had a guy who's a top sales performer who, I mean, he just wrote about it. He's a very close friend of mine, now has a podcast. He was one of my first clients. He didn't care that my website didn't match me. He connected with the magnetism of being really passionate about this work. So I would say come up with sort of an ease into the pool for those. Now, if you are financially sound, if you are either retired, semi-retired, you have plenty of prudent reserves, funds, you know, you might be able to just leave on a dime. I actually think though for our nervous system, especially for those who might have a family or hang-ups about shifting gears financially, for me, it took me two years. I finished my degree, I had a couple clients. And then there was a day of, Okay, and what's ironic? I left on the day it was my uh, former boss's birthday. <laughs> it was my last last day. I, he didn't, I mean, he didn't care. He's great, but I was laughing. I said, "That's funny timing." But yeah, get yourself in a good space financially. I would say, don't do what I did, which was, oh, it's just going to be fine. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna live below my means, which is smart. And it doesn't even matter. I love this work so much. Now it did work out and I really ended up in terms of the clients that grew. I met amazing people. I had been reading Miracle Morning and using it. And that led me to Hal, who was in my book, who I then got to his mastermind. I mean, that opened doors, you know, so you follow what lights you up and it will open doors for you, but have a little bit of a plan. Take care of your nervous system. Don't freak yourself out.
0: (laughs) oh my add overachieving uh, recovering perfectionist brain just hit i'm at the carnival you just hit the hammer on that little nail and the bell just got rung you said three things that really lit me up you talked about the a plus people which i know a lot of the people that are listening to the show are those kind of people and then you just said the biggest word you said the miracle morning so my eight-year anniversary is coming up on july 22nd i'm practicing the miracle morning since 2015 i didn't know how then i just knew was cutco i'm cutco so he's is pretty awesome. I've had the chance to meet him since then personally and become friends and he's amazing. So talk about the Miracle Morning for a second and that type of growth regimen. What did that do for you when you started doing that?
1: Well, I'm grateful. It's a blessing the way it worked out. I was in my master's degree program. So I went to a university right near me, Maryland University of Integrative Health. It was an incredible program. I had amazing professors where we had to study mind, body, brain science. I had to meditate. And I remember I was like, what? I don't really sit still. Like, what do you mean meditate? Like, that's not really my thing. That's more than 10 years ago. And I knew about the Miracle Morning through a very close friend who was an entrepreneur. And I thought, like, I should read this. I just, something about it, I love the name. And so what was very lucky is I actually had to meditate. I had to write a paper on it. I had to do that as part of my classwork. So while I'm doing that, I'm reading a Miracle Morning and I'm like, you know what? This actually this is brilliant and I took, you know, doing a lot of personal growth work before my master's degree in a pretty amazing program that talked about, you know, connecting and I knew affirmations from my mom, scribing, journaling, that was something I'd done for a long time. So I was like, this is brilliant. This is kind of what I'm doing. But wait a minute, this is so smart because and he had the science and the data and all these amazing leaders and thought leaders and luminaries who do these six things. So I thought, well, I'm an A plus person. (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make myself meditate. I'm gonna make my what's ironic is, you know, I've shifted gears a lot where I Have calmed down and I would say I'm not an A plus person today. You know, I'm probably closer to B plus A minus in my drive like that. I just I don't want to do damage to my body anymore. But that miracle morning was such a gift. You can make it into something that, first of all, you invest in yourself first before you have kids, then newly remarried, whole life, starting a business. And I really love that you start with yourself first, the oxygen mask, of course. We know that. So that, I love those practices. I fell in love with Hal and his energy. I love his story. And so when I had this realization to write my own book, I actually reached out not knowing him and was like, I don't know you, but you have literally shifted my life. Would you be involved? He wrote a testimonial for my book. We stayed in touch. I ended up meeting him. He was speaking randomly in this part of Maryland. It was so random through Colleen, a couple of Cutco people who I didn't know. And I met him and I got to hang Cop, with him. Colleen? And, yes. She, I love she's Colleen. She's been on the show too. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, I love Colleen. Colleen and Kristen who are with Cutco. Yeah. And real producer. So they, they, I didn't even know the amazingness I was in. And then, of course, as I'm sitting there, he's talking about best year ever. And I'd already booked a flight to California to see my sister that same time at. And I was like, okay, I'm supposed to go to this. I'm already going. I'm already going that exact weekend, that timing. So I went, this is, God, six years ago, a while ago maybe more. And that's when I met him and John and I did his quantum leap mastermind and it was life changing. It was life changing. And I realized I am not the only A plus overachiever type who does the miracle morning (laughs) and wants to change the world. I love, these are my people.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And you just mentioned John. I imagine you're referring to John Berghoff, who was episode one on our podcast here. So, And he's someone I've learned from in the exchange community for the last couple of years. So give a little bit of credit there. But thank you for sharing the story and investing yourself first. And you're hearing it, team, from someone who has chosen to do that intentionally back in the day, all the way through now. And I'd love to bring us forward to now, Julie. And first of all, appreciate you for your podcast, Youest You. I've listened to several episodes. It's on the automatic download now. And I was even remarking earlier that the first, like, two minutes when you do the intro, just make me feel warm and make me want to listen. So can you talk about your podcast? Why did you do a podcast? And what does that mean to you now?
1: Yeah. Well, ironically, Hal was my first guest. And I had Hal, I had John Roman, John Bergoff, were pretty close up there. And the CEO of Vitamix, who I'd met through exchange, Jody Berg, who's amazing. I started with such a strong, I was like, all right, we're doing this. So it wasn't actually, I'd never thought like, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to write a book. It didn't happen that way. And this is why I believe when we are in that place of following what gives you energy, where you can, the other intersection of what gives you energy is where can you be of service? I am super, super, super big believer that asking, how can I make an impact? How can I be of service? If you take that X in the middle and the other axis is what lights me up, what brings energy. When you put those together, you're going to find some really amazing potential there. And so I remember going to Quantum Leap, Mastermind, Hal and John's group, and then Exchange, and I just thought, oh my God, I'm meeting all these amazing people like I've got to share this. I've got to share them. It's selfish to keep this to myself. Like I really felt I've got to share this wisdom. I don't even know what this will be. So I have a very close friend who has a huge podcast, Doug Sandler, Strick. They have the uh, nice guys on business. And he said, Julie, just give yourself. I said, I don't know why I want to do this, but I want to do this. And can you just tell me? He's like, just make a goal for a year. Give yourself a year." Maybe you do one a week, every other week, like figure out, just give yourself a goal, stick with it. So I said, all right, I could do anything for a year. I'll just say, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to go for a year. We'll see what happens. I'm going to go every week. And the next thing I know, here we are, five and a half years, 361 episodes. I can't stop. It is the biggest gift because I get to have all these life-changing conversations and hear from people all over the world. It's such a blessing that are moved and touched and inspired and empowered by people's stories. And to me, this is one of the best ways, like what you're doing to be of service is to share authentically, to share what's happening, share what's been challenging, what has changed. I just think when we hear people, you know, move through challenges and come out the other side, it's the ultimate optimist, hopeful injection. There's so much negativity and fear. I don't try to focus on that, but we're indoctrinated with that often. And I think when you have inspiring people of all walks of life, of all backgrounds, that to me is an injection of like vitamin O, vitamin optimism. I just oh, made that up. <laughs> oh my god, that's!
0: I'm going to create a pillow out of that or something of that. I like that. I like that. Vitamin O, the optimist pillow. Even though I do have to correct you, you did say the ultimate optimist a minute ago. This is the eternal optimist. Uh, I know. No, Sorry I'm teasing. I loved it. I, I loved everything you've shared. This has been great. This has been amazing. Follow what gives you energy. It's hard to take that advice sometimes because we get stuck in that place where we're getting just, especially in a job where you're getting a paycheck, it's just enough sometimes to keep you there and to keep it glued to it, where if you jumped away, you might have more energy, but there's that fear and instability again. So somewhere in that intersection of being around the people that inspire you and doing things to give you energy, there's this courage we might find. And I think you exemplify that at a very high degree. Can you share with us your coaching certification program because not only are you a coach you actually train develop help people follow their passion to be a coach so how did that come to be and just share with us a little bit about that please julie
1: Yeah. This, again, this was not like I set out and was like, I am going to certify coaches someday. And I'm now, I just thought I love this stuff. I've got to help people with transformation and be their highest potential. I'm obsessed with potentiality. I think that if we were to boil it down, I'm just obsessed with that acorn idea. We're all little acorns, right? And with the right nourishment and the right sunlight and rain and all of the conditions, often wind and, and challenges, we can grow into oak trees or into whatever we want to be. And so I've seen when that's not happened. And so I got obsessed about that and ended up finishing my degree, started my business. I taught at my university and then I was asked to teach at Georgetown University, specifically the health and wellness coaching graduate certification program. And I did that, I've been doing that, got eight years now. And I would say the beginning of the pandemic, March, 2020, I just kept asking, how can I help people? How can I serve right now? Because there's so much fear I could feel it. It was palpable. I could feel it in my community. I could feel it in the global community. And I kept asking and I just, one morning I woke up and I don't know how else to say it. Then I heard Julie, I just literally heard a voice say, it's time to start your own certification to help others. Because I do think this work is healing. I think it's transformative. It can heal on the mental level, on the physical level, on the spiritual level. I just, coaching has a way of getting things out of the way that are not true, that are hindering you. And so, I mean, I'm lucky in that I've been teaching for years and I literally wrote up a new framework that took what I had learned, that took all of the core competencies. And then I added and I realized, oh my gosh, I have a background in heart math. I have a background in positive psychology and exchange and other healing modalities and mind-body science. Wait a minute. I can add things that maybe I wouldn't teach at Georgetown in that way. And it's going to be virtual for people that really want to get that framework and want to get that mastery and grounding of how to do it. And it's just been, it's been so much fun. It's been a gift. I had my ninth cohort, our 10th starts in October. I think we just had my hundredth student go through it. So it's been growing. I'm in love with it because this work, I know it can heal. I know it can change somebody for the best. I know it can bring out your potentiality.
0: You've really piqued my curiosity because I know that... There are people listening to this who are reconsidering going from A plus to maybe A or A minus players. So what that might look like. And maybe that is the mastery of some of these modalities you're referring to. They've been that intersection of healing yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, and then helping others. Uh, I'm interested in your cohort I'm listening right now, how might I get involved? Or I don't know if I'm qualified to approach Julie Riesler about this. Just make it easy for me to find out more and to get involved, please.
1: Yes. So I would say this. First of all, I would say almost 50% coming through have been certified as coaches in other programs. It's very interesting. But here's the thing. I always say this. Are you somebody who others come to? that they feel comfortable to share, to share things with you. Maybe sometimes things that like they wouldn't share with anybody else. Are you somebody who has empathy, who enjoys helping people? Do you see others' gifts and strengths naturally? Do you like to look for where someone is thriving and how they could thrive even more? Like if that's you... You have all the ingredients to be a coach. I've had therapists. I've had real estate agents. I've had lawyers, doctors come through. I would say the common ingredients are high empathy, curiosity, wanting to help people to be their best. It's not about coming in and just telling someone what to do. It's not that. It's really, do you like listening? Do you like helping people? Do you like getting to the bottom of what's really going on? Do you like seeing somebody succeed? Do you want more of that in the world? If you're a yes to any of that, oh my gosh. I mean, maybe it's my program, maybe it's not. I would highly recommend looking into coaching because when you're trained, it is one of the most empowering modalities. The thing I love is, in that relationship, whether it's one-on-one or group, you really see your client, the other person, as the expert of their life, as frankly, I would say sacred. They have everything they need within them. And that's empowering. There's an empowering, life-giving, nourishing, change-making aspect to this work. And so if any of that feels like you, even if you've never had a coach or done it, come find me. I can share all the info on it. It's really powerful work. We've had people that say, you know, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to do this full-time, but it has changed my relationship with my husband my wife, my children, because you learn to become an expert listener, you learn to have compassion, and you learn to stop judging.
0: Learn to stop judging. Wow. That in itself is worth the price of admission. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, One moment at a time. But yes, we... Focus on that.
0: You shared a number, of, and I, I love the way you think in questions, and you brought up so many great questions right there that connected with so many of our listeners. And the thing that hit me the most is you used one of what I would call the tenets of eternal optimism you used the word curiosity. Do you have high empathy? Are you curious? Can you talk to me about what curiosity, what part that plays in your thinking, in your life and your modalities, Julie?
1: Well, and it's interesting. I'm like, how deep do we go into this one? I will say this. Dr. David Hawkins, who studied the spectrum of emotions, everything from at the low end is despair all the way up to optimism, to hope, to joy. And as human beings, we have the range of emotions. Hopefully we're really not hanging out in despair or frustration or anger, envy, resentment for too long. You know you're there because you don't feel good. I mean, we our body, there's that book, Our Body Keeps Score, Our Body Knows. So here's the thing, curiosity to me is like, you think of like Switzerland, neutral, but I actually think it's more than just neutral. Curiosity can literally help you bridge from anywhere on that end of the scale that doesn't feel so good and jump you to a whole different energy, a whole different emotion and frequency to hope, you know, feeling resentful. Curiosity unlocks, changes, shifts that space of feeling resentful resentment, let's say, by asking a question like, well, what's good about this? What is a learning from this? How might this be serving you someday? Like if we look back in a year, how might this be the best thing? Just asking those questions and you know this, right? It just changes our brain as a serial processor is meant to look, receive questions and answer them. So when you ask a new question, your brain looks for a new answer. It gets you out of this place of feeling trapped and frankly, in that negative space. And it is, to me, the best bridge in the world. It helps you to really get over to the areas that we like to bask in, which is empathy, appreciation, compassion, you know, optimism, hopefulness, excitement, love.
0: I wonder if we could give a practical example where you've used curiosity when you were feeling one of those emotions, because as you said, we're all human and Julie feels emotions too. And one of them might be resentment or anger from time to time. And if you ever feel one of those emotions, what might be a practical example of that and how you work through your own model there?
1: Yeah, yeah. This happened recently, a year and a half ago. The type A plus person I I had thought, okay, I'm down to at least A minus, I think. I was just pushing myself at the physical level. So I, as a former personal trainer. I used to teach Pilates and bar, and a lot of these movements. I love moving and I love feeling that embodiment connection. And I had just been overdoing it. For anyone who's ever trained or an athlete, I was pushing myself. I mean, to the point, like I look back, I'm like, wow, seven days a week of doing this form of exercise was just not good for my body. And I just did not listen. I did not listen when I got the little, oop, that kind of hurt. No, you're fine. So, you know, I was being kind of crappy to myself, really. So what happened was I just doing a squat with some weights, thinking nothing of it, wasn't paying attention to my form, I'm sure. And 20 minutes later, I could not move. I was putting on some pants and I literally laid back. I was falling. I couldn't move. And I'm like, what the heck did I just do? Did I just like literally, am I going to walk again? I couldn't. I had a hard time walking. So lower back disc issue, minor but painful. If anyone's had that, oh my gosh. And a lot of anger, a lot of anger and then fear. Honestly, usually what's under all of those emotions are fear. And I just decided, I started to say, okay, what is going on? What do I need to learn here? So this might sound weird. I'm just going to share it because it's what I did. And again, I, I do a lot with intuitive wisdom. I've been trained on this. There's science behind intuition I was walking around the lake because my chiropractor doctor said, go walk, like just basically walk and swim. And until you feel better, which is probably going to be six to nine months, just keep doing that. So I'm walking, I'm crying. I'm like, I hope no one's seeing me. And I just stopped and I like literally paused. I focused on my spine and I said, spine back, what's happening? And I heard this inner message that said, stop putting so much pressure on me please stop putting so much pressure on me. And that is when I went from the A-plus personality type and I was like, I am changing gears. And I got curious day in, day out. How can I be more kind to you? How can I stop putting pressure on you? And then I started to write and journal and talk about, okay, how is this going to be for my highest someday? How is this going to be a gift? I wonder how this back situation and... A year and a half later, I'm actually starting to get it. I'm seeing it. But I've been asking that question every day and not pushing the fear and anger down. I had it. I got to be honest, like my amazing husband was so kind. I mean, we used to hike. We used to do all these things. And he's like, I found a hike that has paved roads. I'm like, okay, I can do that. We altered vacations, trips, everything so that we could like be mainly on flat ground or paved road. Like I just, that's what I needed the last year and a half. So going to all right, how might this be something that can help others? There you go, is another question. Curiosity saved my butt, saved my back.
0: I uh, resonate so strongly with what you just shared, disabled in a wheelchair 6 years ago because of something very similar and it it degraded over time to the point where it, couldn't walk anymore. And when you talk about the lower back and the, and the pain, the discs, I'm literally feeling what you're sharing. And I love the way that you asked the question, what do I need to learn here? And then it started with self, then it evolved to how am I going to use this as a gift to serve others. And I just love the way you're, you, you did that. Thank you. That was a beautiful gift to share with us. I hope listeners, you've taken, you've taken note. In fact, wherever you are, listeners, I'd love for you to pause for a second and get a pen and and take a note if you're not already taking notes. Julie, how might we connect with you or find out more, follow you? Just what are the places that are the best ways to, to touch you and get into your world so we can learn from you?
1: Yeah. And thank you for sharing. I am sorry you went through that. It's no joke. Yeah. I can only imagine. It's uh, Yeah,
0: it's a tough one.
1: Our spine is everything. Every, well. There's, everything is everything in our body, but it's, it's a big one. It's a big one.
0: Especially um, when it's not working properly and, and you're unhealthy and you learn it. Yeah, definitely. When you oh, don't yeah. have your health. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'll just say this and then I will answer it: is you know, pay attention for anyone listening, pay attention with curiosity, with kindness, compassion, because your body is always, our bodies are always speaking to us. And I do believe that the emotions we carry show up often in what is it the issues in your tissues your your tissues your muscles your body so pay attention because it doesn't have to get to that point it really doesn't you know pay attention and honor wherever you are the best way to connect I mean one would be you know I have a website it's just my name julieriesler.com I love to hang out I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook I'm actually also on Insight Timer which is a really wonderful mindfulness app which is so actually got on it after leading a meditation at the Quantum Leap Mastermind with some of my friends there I have a ton of meditations free meditations courses things up there as well on Insight Timer just put my name my website it has all of the info um, on YouTube. And then of course, podcast is wherever you get the podcast. And of course here now. Yes. <laughs> of course here. And
0: the podcast is the Uest you.
1: U-est That's why U. are you? the Uist you? Yeah, And take
0: one look at the artwork on that podcast. You're going to feel this warmth from Julie, just this big, open, warm, inviting smile. It's great just to connect with you. So Julie, I believe that you have an offer for our listeners today. Should they choose to follow up with you? Can you talk a little bit about this offer?
1: Yeah, I really wanted to put together something that took my favorite tools. It has a feel. It's not the Miracle Morning. We love that. They are tools that I have used that I believe are so important for transformation in your life. One is actually, one is definitely around gratitude. One is tracking your energy and your thoughts. What are you saying to yourself? There's one that looks at your calendar and your time and really analyzes. Are you Truly, are your values integrated with what you're doing and who you're being? So there's a tool for every day. There's seven tools. I call it the tool set to design your best life. And it's free. People have loved it. It is very, I must say, it's well-designed. I had a lot of fun putting it together. It's well-designed. Actually, i got a copy here. It needs to be. This is not the bound one, but it has a lot, a lot, a lot of things in here. It attracts your day and energy. And that's just at julieriesler.com toolset tool set.
0: That's fantastic. julieriesler.com slash toolset. Team, I would invite you to go and check that out. And Julie just showed us a brief sample here. When you get to see this on YouTube, she just flashed up and showed it. And when you go to the website, you'll find that there. Now, Julie, this has been uh, absolutely amazing to connect with you. You've graduated this podcast and now it is time for the lightning round. I've got a few questions to ask as we uh, wind (laughs) things down here. And maybe you've already answered some of them. Let's go ahead and dive in. The first would be when you hear the frame eternal, optimism. Does eternal optimism, what does that mean to you?
1: It's funny. The first thing I think of is the eternal spring of youth. And I actually think they're connected. I think when you are focused on finding the hope, the positivity, what's good about this using curiosity, and you come from that space of there's just infinite amounts of ways to appreciate, to be optimistic, it keeps you young. It's an anti-aging, it's really the best anti-aging I would say option. I know. I really believe that. So eternal optimist, anti-aging. No, I'm
0: kidding. <laughs> Is- oh, wow. Oh, that, that's a good pitch. I like that.
1: But- <laughs> Finding that positivity, appreciating. Of course, we know appreciate. so. Yeah, that's my really random answer, but (laughs) that's what you got.
0: It's a fantastic answer. It's a fantastic answer. And you have this youthful exuberance energy, so you're definitely a practitioner. If there's one or two books that you're reading now or that have had a big impact in your world, what might one or two books be that you might recommend?
1: Ooh, this is, uh, I love reading. I read all the time. This is a tough one. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I mean, The Miracle Morning is certainly one of them. The other book that really started a lot of this for me, it's actually called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Very, very famous book, 30 years old. And for those, if you're on that journey of like, what am I here for? It's excellent. I mean, I think my book, Get a PhD in You is helpful, but it doesn't, I will say this. I like my book a lot. Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way probably one of my top books. I would say also The Intention Experiment by Michael Singer. Incredible.
0: Oh. And oh. Tethered
1: Soul is one of his books and The Intention Experiment. That is a fantastic book.
0: Fantastic. Excellent. And last question would be, is there some movie or music that inspires you that's just your jam, your show? Just what is a movie or a song that gets you inspired?
1: Oh, Lord. Okay. I'm laughing because I have been super into Celtic music recently, which is random. Ooh. So out there. But I'm going to, yeah, my, I don't know if it's because the Irish roots on my husband's side. I don't know. No, I would say for me, the song that my kids just laugh every time I put this in, but I'm an 80s girl, so I'm going to go with Journey, Don't Stop Believin', which I think goes perfectly with the eternal optimist that to me could be a theme song for your show because it's all about don't ever stop believing so that's probably one of my favorite songs i mean i just can't i can't help it awesome oh a fantastic answer it has been second. a real oh. second yes. second sorry higher love whitney houston kygo that's the other one i love higher love by whitney houston kygo Duo. All right, now I'm good.
0: <laughs> okay, everyone out there, mute your ears. I'm going to sing this. Is this the one that goes "Bring Me a Higher Love"? Is that, that the one we're talking about it's here? That okay. one.
1: And I got to hear it with John Bergoff with HeartMath CEO dancing in Tulum, Mexico, at their HeartMath conference. So for me, it has oh. a really special connotation. Awesome, awesome, Julie.
0: You've been amazing. You've added so much value to our community and our show and our, all of our listeners. And just You've given me stuff that I know I'm going to go journal about and it's going to change me. And just thank you for being part of my journey and that and sharing with our listeners. And we love you. We appreciate you. And we value you. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me.